Don Van Natta, I want to start by apologizing. I imagine that you and probably everybody listening were expecting to hear Pablo Torre's voice right now, but I'm sorry, man. Pablo's got the day off today, so instead of his distinctive dulcet tones, you've got me. Thanks, Sam, and it's great to be with you on your debut as guest host. We are talking because you, once again, have another massive story about the Washington Commanders and their owner, Daniel Snyder. And this huge story actually begins, as it often does in journalism, in the tiniest of places. So where does it start? Well, it starts in the fine print of a footnote of a financial report of the Washington Commanders that was delivered in April of 2020. The footnote discusses a $55 million credit line that the team had taken out 16 months earlier, and it was done without the knowledge or the required approval of Dan Snyder's minority partners. These are three men, all billionaires, who own about 40% of the franchise. They read the footnote and were like, what is this? This is news to us. And it turns out now that that loan has become a primary focus of federal prosecutors in Virginia who are investigating the allegations of financial misconduct by Snyder and the Washington commanders. I've had multiple sources with firsthand knowledge of the inquiry telling me that. And this inquiry is being led by a team of FBI and IRS agents. FBI, IRS agents, this sounds really serious. And we're talking about a $55 million line of credit that you say was obtained without knowledge or required approval from Snyder's minority partners. Now, why is that significant? It's significant, Sam, because the minority partners were on the board of directors of the Washington Commanders. Any new debt taken out by the team had to be approved by these three men. Their names are Robert Rothman, Dwight Shar, and Frederick W. Smith. And once they discovered this loan, they began looking even more closely into the team's finances and found what they described as Snyder using the team as, as they put it, his personal piggy bank. <laughs> One of the things they discovered is that Snyder was charging the team four and a half billion dollars to put its logo on his private plane. Now, these are all allegations that they alleged in an arbitration petition that was filed with the NFL. Mostly what the partners were upset about is that Snyder obtained a loan without their knowledge or approval, and it very quickly became the most contentious issue in their very bitter year-long clash between the partners and Dan Snyder. So, Don, it sounds like things were pretty intense between Snyder and these minority owners. How bad did it get? How, how intense was it? It was extremely intense, and it was a dispute that was fought in sealed motions filed in a federal lawsuit in Maryland in 2020, and it ended up in confidential proceedings led by an NFL arbitrator and eventually got before Commissioner Roger Goodell and NFL lawyers in closed-doors mediation. But I had a source tell me, Sam, that what really was going on here is an allegation, a very serious one, was made against Dan Snyder by his three minority partners and that the NFL 
was uninterested or disinterested in really investigating it. And here's the quote that was given to me by a source with firsthand knowledge. Three billionaires, not a few whistleblowers, alleged to the NFL arbitrator that their partner had possibly committed bank fraud. This is jail time type of fraud. The NFL owes the partners as much of a fair shake as it owes Snyder, and the league had no interest in finding out what happened. They buried it and didn't investigate it and covered it up. And just a few months after that mediation occurred, led by the NFL and Commissioner Goodell with Snyder and the three partners to try to resolve this dispute, it resulted in Snyder paying his three partners $875 million for their 40% stake in the team. Now, that looks like chump change when you compare it to the amount of money Snyder is now seeking to sell the team for. He's looking for up to $7 billion just two years later. So at that price tag, the former partner's stake in the team, had they not sold it two years ago under the mediation, would be worth $2.8 billion. And even for a billionaire, leaving $500 or $600 million on the table, that gets their attention pretty quick. So you could be forgiven for thinking that the list is getting pretty long. Allegations of sexual misconduct, a toxic workplace environment, changing the team's controversial name, not to mention the federal investigation into the team's finances. No NFL franchise has endured more public turmoil in recent years than the Washington Commanders and their owner, Daniel Snyder. But now there are new, serious claims centered on potential fraud by Snyder in connection to how he treated his own business partners, as well as allegations that top NFL officials helped him cover up the behavior in question. So today, Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Don Van Natta delivers his latest investigation into Snyder and the Commanders. It's a staggering story about a hidden loan that led to Snyder's fellow billionaires crying foul, forcing the league and even Roger Goodell to step in. I'm Sam Borden, in for Pablo Torre, and this is ESPN Daily. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot. Taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more.
All right, Don. So you have produced a series of huge stories involving the Washington Commanders and their owner, Daniel Snyder, over the past year. But this most recent story, the one that's out today, it centers on something that played out behind the scenes. And this is like, this is in the, in the back room side of sports. This is an area of sports that most fans don't understand and most probably don't even think about. And it involves Snyder's former minority partners with this team. Can you start, Don, by just explaining what minority partners are and who these guys were in particular? Yeah, Sam, most fans probably think Dan Snyder is the sole owner of the Washington franchise. But for most of his tenure, since he bought the team in 1999, he's just been the majority owner with partners. Actually, it began in 2003 until as recently as 2021 that Snyder had three minority partners, Robert Rothman, Dwight Schar, and Frederick W. Smith. Together, these three men own 40% of the team. All three are billionaires. Smith is the founder and executive chairman of FedEx. Rothman is CEO of Black Diamond Capital, and Shar is chairman of NVR Incorporated, a publicly traded home construction company. And behind the scenes, they made up half of the team's six-member board of directors. And under the team's bylaws, it's very clear, they needed to approve all major financial decisions made by the commanders. Okay, so these three billionaires who owned 40% of the team, and back in 2020, they noticed this $55 million line of credit in an audit, and they're basically like, what is this? They have no idea what it is. It's a loan which, according to their team's own bylaws, they're supposed to know about and have approved, and they know nothing about it. So how does that initial question, Don, ultimately lead to you releasing a story about how Dan Snyder runs his franchise and treats his business partners. Well, Sam, I think that this clash over this $55 million credit line would have remained completely hidden from the public, just a private, unresolved dispute between billionaires if it was not suddenly an issue in this current criminal investigation being conducted in the Eastern District of Virginia. The minority partners list of allegations from the misuse of team funds to staff Snyder's yachts and private jets, the abuse of corporate bylaws, him paying himself for a logo on his private jet. They're all laid out in rich detail in a 61 page arbitration petition, which is confidential. It was filed by the partners in the summer of 2020, and it has now been subpoenaed by federal prosecutors Uh, in the Eastern District of Virginia, and I got my hands on it, and it lays out the clash between Snyder and the partners in very rich detail. Don, as a fellow journalist, let me just first say that is awesome. I mean, documents are are the goldmine of investigative journalism in a 61-page petition. That seems like an incredible piece of investigative reporting. Can we trace how it came into existence? Like, When did the partners start getting frustrated with Snyder? More than two years before the partners spotted that small print footnote buried in an April 2020 audit, they began considering selling some or all of their stakes in the team. The partners were frustrated with Snyder's stewardship. They had all sorts of questions of what he was doing with the finances. 
And yet Snyder made it almost impossible for them to sell. In 2018, for instance, Fred Smith received an offer to purchase his 10% stake in the team, and he wanted to sell and get out. But Snyder blocked the sale, according to this arbitration petition, telling Smith that the proposed buyer who Smith wanted to sell to would not be acceptable to the NFL. Now, the proposed buyer is a man named Alan Kestenbaum. He's the chairman and CEO of a Canadian steel company named Stelco. And only a year later, Kestenbaum bought a minority stake in another NFL team, Arthur Blank's Atlanta Falcons. And NFL owners accepted him. So in the arbitration petition, the partners allege that Snyder blocked that sale of the 10% piece of the team that Fred Smith owned to Kestenbaum simply because they say Snyder was afraid of due diligence that would have been required by a new limited partner and would have, quote, revealed the misconduct. Right. So it's it seems pretty clear you put those two things together, right? Like Fred Smith receives an offer to sell and he's told, no, 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 you can't sell to this guy, Alan Kestenbaum, because he's not going to be acceptable. In reality, we find out that he absolutely is acceptable because he goes on to buy into another team. And that's what raises the antenna of those minority owners and says, okay, what was the reason why Snyder wanted to block this sale? When did the partners learn about this quote unquote misconduct? Well, in the summer of 2019, all three partners retained consultants to pursue selling their stakes. And while exploring a potential sale, the partners received a whole bunch of financial information that they had not seen previously, which led them to conclude that Snyder had mismanaged the team's assets and had engaged in self-dealing and other misconduct. Now, these are the allegations made in the arbitration petition by the partners. But it gets worse than that, Sam. In April 2020, so about eight or nine months after the partners retained those consultants, they discover the $55 million credit line in that financial audit. And in that same month, Snyder had, for the first time, failed to pay these three men their quarterly share of team profits, they allege, in the arbitration filing. The partners also discover something else that troubles them. They find out that the team's local revenues, these are the monies that the commanders make separate from the NFL media rights deals, which, of course, are a huge bonanza for all 32 teams. They find out that the commander's local revenues had dropped by one-third over the previous decade from $241 million in 2009 to only $160 million in 2020. So armed with all of this information, the three partners confront Snyder in May of 2020 about the missed quarterly payment. And they ask him very simply, why did you need a $55 million credit line? I mean, they demand an explanation. They say Snyder ignored those questions, ignored telling them anything about why the $55 million credit line was necessary. And at one point, Rothman complains to Snyder that the team's board had not met in years. And Snyder responded, what the F do I need a board meeting for, according to the documents? Let's just reset for one sec. In 2018, there's this sale that Snyder blocks. The limited partners are hearing sort of generally about mismanagement. And then in 2020, we've got this secret $55 million credit line. And I heard you say before, Snyder wasn't paying these 
minority owners the money that they were owed, that seems like things are getting to a real boil. What happened next and, and how much did that missing money lead to where this whole thing went? Oh, the missing money meant everything. Think of it from the perspective of the limited partners. The same month they discover that there's this $55 million credit line that's existed for 16 months that they don't know anything about, they don't get their quarterly share of team profits, they allege. And so at that point, that's the last straw for the three partners. And so there's now between Snyder's lawyers and the partner's lawyers, a lot of back and forth and arguments about how Snyder is managing the team's finances. Snyder's lawyer tells the partners in June 5th, 2020, that Snyder planned to expense more than $7 million in unreimbursed business expenses for the previous three years. This is Snyder's way of basically saying, okay, you're gonna come after me on financial stuff. I've been spending a lot of my own money here out of my own pocket. I'm now gonna tag you guys with these reimbursements. In fact, one of those expenses that Snyder reveals in the letter is a July 2018 yacht party in the south of France where he hosted fellow owners Jerry Jones of the Cowboys, Robert Kraft of the Patriots, and Terry Pagula of the Bills. And so the partners make the point in the arbitration petition that, in fact, Snyder is living high on the hog, having this yacht party, and is now trying to tab them with the cost of it. I think it's really important to to highlight the idea that this is why it matters that Snyder isn't the only owner of the team, right? If he was the only owner, okay, well, it's all his money, but he only owns 60% of the team. And so essentially what they are saying is that Snyder is spending their money on super nice yacht parties and, you know, advertising on the side of his private jet. He's essentially taking their money and putting it into his own pocket. Is that right? Yeah, that's basically in the 61-page arbitration petition what the former partners allege. They flatly declare that Snyder was using the team's cash to, quote, support his lavish lifestyle. The quote that they say is, Snyder's brazen actions have the obvious purpose of protecting Snyder's self-dealing and other unauthorized conduct from being further exposed questioned or restrained by the board and of enabling him to continue using the team as a personal piggy bank. So this comes to a head on the evening of June 17th, 2020. Snyder informs his three partners that he had removed them from the team's six-member board. And in their petition to the NFL, the partners alleged that Snyder's removal violated their stockholders agreement and continued a pattern of gross disregard of both his contractual and fiduciary duties. As legal language goes, that's pretty intense, it sounds like. So at this point, the partners say they've been kicked off the board. They've had payments due to them that are completely missing. They're being told that Snyder is expensing dinners on his yacht off the south of France. What do they decide to do about it? That's when they decide not only that they want to sell their 40% of the team and get out, but they want the NFL to step in and do something about Snyder. In particular, their outrage that Snyder is leasing his personal jets back to the team. 
And besides paying himself a salary of $10 million a year, Snyder also had made arrangements for the franchise to pay him a total of $4.5 million for having the team logo emblazoned on his personal jet. Snyder called this an advertising fee, but the partners say in the arbitration petition that the logo on Snyder's private jet provides little or no advertising value. Don, I I know that neither one of us are sort of like marketing experts, but my guess is that uh, Snyder's private jet wasn't like parked at Dulles or a national where, you know, lots of people might see it, right? Like $4.5 million in an advertising fee for a jet that's probably in a private jet terminal parked most of the time? It's often not seen by anybody except Snyder and his friends. And the partners basically say, there's no advertising value here whatsoever. This is just a way for Snyder to scoop up some more money out of our pockets. So we've got dinners in the south of France. We've got uh, leasing the Jets back to the team, uh, potential shadow advertising campaign. What else did the partners say in this petition? Well, really, when you read the petition, what's central to their concern is the Bank of America credit line and how it had been obtained. The partners told the NFL in this petition that they believe it had potentially been secured fraudulently and that, as they put it, quote, Snyder or his agents misrepresented to the bank that the partners had approved the loan. Now, remember, the team bylaws state unequivocally that the board of directors of the team have to approve any new debt. The partners say not only did they not approve the credit line application, they had no knowledge of it. And in the petition, the former partners say Snyder used the proceeds from the credit agreement to disguise the team's poor operating performance and cash flow problems, and at least in part to enrich himself improperly at the expense of the team and other stockholders. And what the former partners wanted to do, they wanted Goodell to step in and suspend or remove Snyder as owner of the team and to put the team in receivership. This is what the former partners say in the petition. Snyder's wrongful conduct, self-dealing, mismanagement, and brazen disregard of his duties manifest more generally his lack of fitness to continue serving as the principal stockholder and CEO of the Washington NFL franchise. So these three billionaires, Don, they see this mismanagement, in their opinion, and they take it to someone who they think can do something about it. That's Roger Goodell and the NFL League's office. And I'm going to ask you in a second about how Goodell and the league handled it. But obviously, you reached out to Snyder and the commanders, right? Like, what did they say? Well, a commander spokesperson refused to answer any specific questions about the credit line. But a statement was issued uh, on behalf of the team to us disputing that the former partners were harmed in any way and saying that the team regularly paid the former partners on a pro rata basis. The quote from the spokesperson is, as is the case for any NFL franchise, we are audited annually and we are completely transparent in sharing all financials with the league for their review and oversight. Now, the counsel for the commanders, John Brownlee, Also declined to answer any of my questions about the $55 million credit line. But in a statement, Brownlee said, the team has been fully cooperating with the Eastern District of Virginia since it received a request for records last year. The requested records only relate to customer security deposits and the team's ticket sales and revenue. 
the team will continue to cooperate with this investigation. So Brownlee's statement refers to another part of the criminal investigation that is now being conducted that has nothing to do with the $55 million credit line. I also reached out to a Bank of America spokesman, a man named William P. Halden. He declined to comment. And none of the three minority partners or lawyers at the law firm that represented them in the dispute responded to my interview requests. All right, Don, so the minority partners have brought their claims to the NFL. After the break, we'll get into how the league and Roger Goodell responded. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So, what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. All right, Don, I want to go back to that credit line from Bank of America, the $55 million that started this whole thing. Because you write that even though Snyder's minority partners didn't know about the loan Someone did. Who was it? It was Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, who is hardly a bystander to Snyder's Bank of America credit line application. The commissioner's signature appears in a confirmation agreement that approves the team's new credit line on the day it was approved by the bank, December 13th, 2018. And the reason why Goodell has to approve it is the NFL guarantees all debt taken out by its 32 franchises. If a franchise wants to take on new debt beyond the strict limits set by the league, it usually must get the permission of the NFL's finance committee and all 32 owners. Now, it's not known if the finance committee or the 32 owners approved Washington's debt in this case. A franchise owner and a senior executive told me that Goodell is not responsible for scrutinizing the terms and conditions of a team's new debt. However, a team cannot assume fresh debt, which is guaranteed by the NFL, without 
Goodell's signature. Goodell knew about the loan, a source with firsthand knowledge of the matter told me, but Snyder's partners did not. I mean, that seems crazy in a lot of ways, right? That the commissioner of the league would know, but the guys who are in business with Snyder didn't know. These limited partners were supposed to have to give their permission for this loan to be taken out by the team. They say they didn't know about it, but the loan happened. So how did the loan go through? That's a question we don't have an answer to because the NFL never investigated that very question. Emails show that this board resolution, a document showing that the board of directors, including the limited partners, approved this $55 million credit line, was critical to the bank closing on the loan. Over and over again, bank officials are asking top commander's executives for the document, for the piece of paper. They never get it. And then the bank still closes the credit line on December 13th, 2018. And even a month later, the bank is still asking for this board resolution, which leads the partners to think, hmm, maybe there never was one. Or maybe at some point, weeks down the road, a document was fraudulently obtained. According to the arbitration document, the partners just wanted to know if a resolution was ever provided to the bank. So the partners take these complaints, among them, this missing piece of paper and this whole situation with this line of credit, to the NFL. And what did they want the league to do? They wanted the league to find out the truth. They wanted the league to find out whether or not Dan Snyder had provided a piece of paper claiming that they approved something that they never approved. And so nearly two years after the credit line was granted by Bank of America, the partner's lawyers asked Brad Karp, he's the NFL arbitrator, to send a summons to Bank of America for that one key piece of evidence, the board resolution. And the attorneys wrote to Karp in a letter that we've obtained, claimants further allege that Snyder or his agents misrepresented to the bank that appropriate board approval had been obtained and that the team did not obtain the requisite board authority. According to the documents we have, two attorneys representing Snyder eventually acknowledged that no board resolution could be found and that to the team's knowledge, no formal resolutions from the entire year of 2018 even exist. And a source with firsthand knowledge of the matter told me it's possible the bank never required the resolution, but then the question is why? The partners wanted the NFL to find out, and they had zero interest in figuring this out. Just four days after the partners asked the arbitrator to seek the loan documents from Bank of America, the NFL arbitrator emailed the partners' lawyers to propose that the arbitration be shut down and move to a mediation overseen by Roger Goodell. And just a day later, Jeff Pash, the NFL general counsel, wrote to both sides laying out the mediation rules and indicating that the confidential session was for the purpose of facilitating a possible buyout by Snyder of the partner's stake in the team. What you're saying is, is that when these partners went to the league and said, hey, look into this situation, what happened here? Instead of looking into the situation, they essentially created a new situation where they pushed the owners to sell the team to Snyder? 
Yes, the partners reluctantly agreed to go along with mediation, sources told me, in part because Fred Smith, he's the co-founder of FedEx, he was worried that holding out might hurt his son's career. You're wondering who's his son? His son is Arthur Smith. At the time, he was the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. He's now the Atlanta Falcons head coach. So for that reason, in part, Fred Smith said, let's not fight this thing. I don't want to hurt my son's career. Let's just move forward with mediation. And one of the striking things, Sam, is it didn't take long for the mediation to occur. I've had sources tell me that sometimes these fights between a majority owner and limited partners drag on for years. But just a week after the partners agreed to mediation, the NFL had a two-day session via Zoom at the height of COVID. And during that mediation, which was led by Roger Goodell, the partners' lawyers were ready to demand that the NFL investigate the secret credit line, according to a source with firsthand knowledge of that session. Despite lawyers raising the issue several times, Goodell and Pash said they would not consider it. A source told me that Goodell told the partners they had only one option, reach an agreement to sell their shares to Snyder. The source said, quote, Goodell and Pash were not interested in talking about those allegations or any allegations between the parties. A source told me that the partners were furious that Goodell and Pash had blocked their request that the arbitrator seek bank records from Bank of America. So within a month of the session, Snyder and his three limited partners struck a deal. Snyder agreed to buy out their 40% share for a total of $875 million. But Snyder was cash poor. He needed the NFL's permission to finance the buyout. So on March 31st, 2021, by unanimous vote, the NFL owners granted Snyder a new debt limit waiver, and Snyder borrowed an additional $450 million from Bank of America. I just kind of want to put a, a fine point on this because it feels like from your reporting, these limited partners had very legitimate grievances with Dan Snyder and how he's running the team, missing money, misappropriated funds, potentially fraudulent behavior. They take those grievances to the league and Roger Goodell. And for some reason, Roger Goodell and the league isn't interested in looking into any of it at all and essentially side with Dan Snyder and help him buy out these minority partners. So I don't know if you can answer this uh, exactly, but why would they do that? Why would Goodell and the league back Snyder so completely? Well, it's an excellent question, and it's one that I would love to ask Roger Goodell, uh, but he declined to comment for my story. It's important, Sam, that we put this timeline over another investigation that was going on simultaneously, and that's the one by Beth Wilkinson, the Washington, D.C. attorney, who was investigating Dan Snyder for sexual misconduct and also investigating the commanders for a toxic workplace culture. Now, the NFL and Snyder signed a common interest agreement where they were sharing information about Beth Wilkinson's investigation at the same time the three limited partners were alleging there was financial misconduct. And these were allegations that the NFL never investigated. And just a couple of months after Snyder buys out the partners, the Beth Wilkinson investigation results are announced by the league, a $10 million fine against the team, 
as well as having Snyder step away from the team temporarily for a number of months. So it raises a question about why the NFL seemed to look the other way on these allegations that the limited partners made, including potentially bank fraud, at the same time that some people might say they slapped Snyder and the team on the wrist for all of the allegations looked into by Beth Wilkinson. Okay, so we know, Don, that Snyder didn't talk to you. You said that already. And you said that Goodell wouldn't talk to you. But did the league give you any kind of a comment on this? Yes. NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy gave me a statement, and it reads as follows. The parties had a series of disputes which were certified to the commissioner for arbitration as required by league rules. McCarthy also said everyone was represented by very sophisticated legal and financial advisors. The agreement included full releases of all claims that were or could have been asserted by any party in the arbitration proceeding. McCarthy declined to answer any of my further questions, including whether the NFL has received any subpoenas connected to the criminal inquiry in Virginia. So we've got potential sexual misconduct, we've got allegations of financial misconduct, and we learned back in November that after years, 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 years of saying he would never sell the team, Dan Snyder was going to test the waters for potential buyers of the Washington Commanders. He may actually sell the team, in fact. So what is the latest on how that sales process is actually going? And what are the chances that come this fall's kickoff, Dan Snyder is no longer the owner of the Washington Commanders? I think the chances are excellent. Snyder's moving forward with his plans to sell the team. Already there have been several sealed bids uh, that have been put together from several interested groups. And just late last week, we learned that Jeff Bezos has hired an investment firm to explore making a bid for the team. So I think it's very likely that Dan Snyder will be out soon as owner of the Commanders. And by the way, managing the sale on Snyder's behalf is Bank of America. What a surprise. Don Van Natta, you are the top of the reporting tree at ESPN. This is a tremendous effort, a, a tremendous story that you've been following for a long time. And I really appreciate you coming on to talk with us about it. Thank you, Sam. I'm Sam Borden. This has been ESPN Daily. Pablo will be back tomorrow.